Welcome to the Small Machine Talks, a conversation about literature and art, about duende and queerness and coping and tea, border blur and misfits and community, secret places, ragged edges. Angel House Press. I'm your host, Amanda Earle. Welcome to the Small Machine Talks. This is episode 92, and this is actually the beginning of our seventh season. So um, happy season seven. I'm here today to talk to Paul Hawkins of Hester Glock Press. Hi, Paul. Hello, Amanda. Hi. Good to, good to be here. Lovely to talk um, uh, with you uh, and to um, uh, Zoom meet you. <laughs> yeah, this is our first time meeting. It's it's lovely to yeah. meet you too, and this is the only way. Since I have a, 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 a horrible fear of flying, I'm afraid unless you're coming over here, it's the only way we're probably will meet. But um, you know, I'm I'm very glad to meet you and to and to hear more about Hester Glock Press. I will have um, in the show notes on smallmachinetalks.com. I'll make sure to include the website hesterglock.net but um and any mm, other links that we uh, that come up during the show as well so um, okay that's great yeah so let's jump in i always like to start uh, um i used to i and i say this every time so if i have if there are any frequent listeners they're getting tired of hearing this spiel from me but here it is anyway <laughs> i used to ask i used to just read people's bios and then i found well you know i mm. mean everyone can read a bio so we can all go and google mm-hmm. and bios so instead of that what i like to know is um what you would like listeners to know about you and i i, I put some things in brackets because I, I went to do a search and found some various things so but uh talk about whatever you um whatever you'd like sure. to and me to know about you okay <laughs> all right well thank you amanda um um i'll try to keep it uh, i'll keep it fairly uh fairly brief but um i'm, I'm a poet um I'm a I'm a visual artist. Uh, I'm a publisher. Um, I um, uh, have had a, uh, a fairly uh, kind of varied and um, itinerant kind of life. I think I've, I've moved, travelled around, moved in a lot of diff- lived in a lot of different places, um, and done all manner of different jobs from being a uh, a refuse collector to office work to shop work to uh, builder labourer. Um, uh, the last uh, coming on for ten years or so, I've been just about scraping a living through uh, uh, the work that I do the, through either poetry visual art or publishing um not that there's um as i'm sure you know uh, really any money in any of those things but you know you can com- combine stuff uh works running workshops getting funding for various projects I- I'm-, I'm just about able to um to scrape by um i don't know uh if there's anything else people uh i did yeah no i, don't- I think that's it probably yeah Liked, um, uh, thanks a lot, Paul. I also I was interested in I read this, um, I guess, from something called OutsideLeft.com. I was I was reading about you there. And then I thought, oh, I, yeah, yeah, I did this, this a couple of weeks ago that I did this. But I, I liked some of the references to popular culture, music, protest yeah. and survival. I like that combination. Protest okay. and survival. So that's an interesting. Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah, I, I spent. um 
I've, I've found I've always been um, kind of angry about certain things that go on in the world and certain things that don't go on in the world that should um, from all manner of different stuff. Um, and I also spent uh, a number of years um, squatting in East London in the early 90s where the government were planning to build... Um, uh, a new motorway, which they eventually did. It was round about the time just after the poll tax riots, and um, oh. um, I, I um, yeah. So I suppose that sense of protest and survival comes from their survival. I mean, I'm, I'm a, also a, a, a recovering um, drug addict, an alcoholic. Right. Um, uh, it's, it's been nearly twelve years since I've. Um, a drink or anything so um uh, i suppose there's a sense of surviving through that and i i also um had a quite a late on in life a diagnosis of borderline personality disorder which um, um uh, kind of put a framework if you like around various issues that i've sort of had most of my life and um at varying moments and um so i guess in some ways, that's where that's that's come from. Music, I've I've, I've I played in bands a lot when I was young, um, and oh. um, like a lot of music, yeah. So that, I think that's where that stuff kind of came from, yeah. I'm always a sucker for musicians. I don't know. I just I, I I'm, <laughs> I'm a bad guitar player. Oh my! I used to I I used to I love to write songs, but um, yeah. And I always um I always I had I took guitar lessons in in the '90s myself from. Yeah. Um, Okay. Um, um the woman I took guitar lessons was the um um tw twice removed from Alanis Morissette who taught the person who taught her so that's that's where oh, so I'm I'm, hey. I'm fourth removed from Alanis Morissette and, and <laughs> nowhere near any remotely talented but I once did a I, a friend of mine um actually uh someone I was seeing uh, and I yeah. wanted a, a punk rock version of both sides now so that's but I you know okay me with wow. the, um yeah, but it wasn't. No one heard it but us in in his um, in his uh, one room apartment. Oh uh, <laughs> uh, yeah, well, um, and uh, cigarettes and you know other stuff. So yeah, so no one. Yeah, had, for yeah, sure. Thankfully, for probably. sure, for sure. Yeah, music. Excellent. Yeah, I mean, and music is. I I think for me, music is kind of the way I got into poetry more than in mm -hmm. one way that I got into poetry. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. Yeah. What, yeah. what what are some of the uh, what kind of music uh, is there a kind of music that you played or are you oh I kind of fairly loud kind of post punk kind of stuff and more experimental type of stuff as well I mean I, I played in a a number of um, of different bands we um, and they had varying degrees of success um but we you know i was fortunate enough to um with one of the band's co-owner uh, a fairly big pa system that we used to use and used to hire out to other bands and venues and you know again uh, i kind of uh, learned at an early age to be quite creative i guess about <laughs> how one can kind of survive and you know yes. um uh so what's yeah that, that was the kind of stuff really i did play uh when i was squatting in london there was uh some neighbors that were musicians and um we we started up we used to play gigs just playing old blues songs really um 
to raise money to help fight the uh, the, the, the motorway mm-hmm. proposed motorway, and some of those guys um, were. Um, one of the guys was uh, was a, a guy who uh, played in the Stranglers after Hugh Cornwall left for about ten years. Um, he was uh, his band was uh, his punk band was the Vibrators way back in the day. John Ellis, very nice guy, and um, uh, Paul um, was who sang with us. Also, was the Stranglers singer for ten or twelve years. They, they've all parted ways now, and but. Um, so um, uh, that, that, that was great fun. Um, um, most recently, I guess, it's probably been um, uh, a friend of mine, a pianist, and I used to run sort of sound workshops for people in recovery from addiction uh, quite a few years ago now. And uh, we used to play little gigs and um, did a live uh, soundtrack to a, a film that Sarah, my other half, uh, made um, and so um, yeah I've, d- I've done all manner of stuff really I've been lucky uh, but um, you know yeah, uh, it takes your chances when they're offered for if you can and you know just yeah so yeah I've been fortunate I've also done some tour managing as well um, and um, yeah I've uh, yeah yeah, music's always been quite important to me, uh, especially uh, I grew up listening to my dad's records, you know, he would yeah. play and and he taught me guitar and, and uh, you know, um, so, uh, yeah, it's still, still, still a strong influence for sure. Yeah, no, you can tell that too in, in looking at Hester Glock as well. And I feel like the, the things that you described are definitely there in the press, like the mm. post-punk and the experimental protest and survival, yeah. mental yeah. health issues. I mean, it, yeah. it, it's all the addiction. It's all in yeah. the work and in the in maybe in the aesthetic of the press too, in the way that... I think it can't help but sort of leak through into yeah. stuff because, because essentially... Um, um, that's that's my life experience and those things have molded me up to right this minute while I'm sitting here talking to you in terms of how I sort of I suppose make sense and understand the world and through that other people and, and maybe myself as well what am I doing here? <laughs> what's, the, what's the purpose of it all and um uh um so that's well. That's that's really useful uh, t- to know that that does kind of leak through for you. Um, Definitely, that's great. Yeah, and, and what 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 other things would you like listeners to know about uh, Hester Glock Press? For- oh well, um, I, would, I would like to ask you about how. Where did the name come about? Oh, okay, um, okay, um, okay. The name Hester Glock was. Um, uh, oh gosh, how long ago was it? Uh, I don't know. Um, about 2008, I think, I, um, I, uh, um, after I'd, I'd been homeless for a while and I'd got rehoused and I, I'd got hold of a, a laptop and some software and I, I made an album, uh, an album of samples and various things. And, um, in my head at that time, uh, I was making it with somebody called Hester Gluck. Hmm. And the name, I don't know why, it, it just came out of the, the 
I don't know, wherever these things come out of when you think of things and kind of stuck ever since. And I thought it would be a good name. Yeah. yeah. It's a great name. So, so that's where it came from. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's probably one of the, the most out of left field answers that I've had for when. <laughs> that's fantastic. It's the kind okay. of thing I would do, exactly the kind of thing that yeah. I would do. Yeah, 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 <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. No, it's it stuck. I mean, and um, I mean, I, I I've co-run, I've co-run the press uh, with with Sarah, my, Sarah Scotthorne, who is a, a poet. She's a musician as well, and an artist as well as a martial arts, a very experienced and senior martial arts instructor. And um, um, you know, uh, between the two of us, we've kind of just about kind of steadied the ship and um and sort of steered it in the bizarre way that it seems to have moved to um and um uh, it you know it, it, it's it, I, I i do need to point out that without sarah's support and her intuition and her perspective um it it, it would not be nothing like what it is. And, and that's really crucial and important to say. She yeah. can't be with us today, uh, this evening. She's working, she's teaching, but um, um, uh, yeah, I, I can't ever underestimate uh, her, her support and influence. So. Well, thank you, sir. <laughs> and what else, what else would you like us to know about, would like listeners to know about Hester Glock? Uh, we're, we're not open for submissions. Oh, good. That's a really good point because you know, after this podcast, no, I'm <laughs> yeah. we're, we're, no, I uh, um, uh, a poet, uh, Irish poet, and a uh, reviewer, and a guy called Billy Mills, an Irish um, friend, um, uh, recommended somebody to, to me uh, only yesterday, and um, I had to say we're not open sorry so yeah. sorry Stuart if you're listening um we're not open I'm not sure when we will be at the minute I've got a fair few projects on the go and and stuff to be getting on with and uh, I, I've been meaning to take a bit of a break for a while it's been fairly uh, intense for the last 10 years or so and um, uh, yeah so there's, there's that what else would I like people to know um uh, well, we're friendly, we're experimental, we like revolutionaries, and uh, we celebrate difference. We're not interested in stifling any form of artistic creativity over pursuance of profit. Um, and um, uh, that's it, I think. Yeah. Um, yeah. And the website's quite important. Yeah. yeah well, we'll make sure HesterClock.net and uh, and also take a look at the catalog too. I think the variety sure. of work to me, the variety of work, and and of course, it's it's very good. There are videos there as well. Like, there's just a lot of a lot of stuff there. So yeah, 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 yeah. We um yeah we we tried tried to yeah tried to do different stuff. Yeah. What made you and Sarah decide to start the press? Well, I, 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 we we were both poets, and um, um, we were publishing small anthologies, uh, like A six size anthologies, um, that are all sold out, long time sold out. And um, I asked Sarah if she'd like to um, 
to a guest, or guest, to be a, like a guest editor to yeah. be on one of those. And um, um, it kind of started really from there. We continued and then went into, I bought an old, great big old clunky photocopier, uh, an old black and white one, and we started hand-making <laughs> pamphlets and um, whatnot and did that for a few years, and that was that was great. And, and then um, uh, I found my own work was, I was leaning far more towards more experimental stuff, and um, we uh, began to publish far more of that work um there was always an element of difference and experimental i think to what we did and um that that's that's kind of continued um yeah um yeah we both enjoyed the process but and felt it important that um that just unheard voices were heard and um poets artists work that would never be touched by let's say penguin or somebody right. like that you know yeah. uh had had an opportunity you know and, and over the years especially the last eight years maybe five years i, I don't know how have you found it amanda there's there's been a, a huge explosion of small presses and um it's all to the good i think and I was thinking too that um, like for me, I've only really been exposed to UK um, presses at all. Like I haven't really um, known anything about any 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 from from larger to to small until really the last few years. Like I mean, may have may have heard of a few. Like I, I had a I had an um, online pamphlet uh, done by the Red Ceilings Press uh, several. Yeah, years. yeah, yeah. I know them. Uh, yeah, yeah. Medusa, but um, I mean, I so but I didn't know a lot about a lot of small presses. So the Babel Tower Notice Board, um, yeah. Richard Capener started a couple of years ago. That's how mm. I started to get to know both uh, uh, British writers and mm. also pub different publishers because. Mm. Um, you know, uh, he would publish on the Babel Tower Notice Board uh, work by, like, for instance, Vic Shirley, for instance, and I would be oh, like, yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. wow, look, at, that's great, or, or someone yeah. else, and, and, or, yeah, yeah. and I just started to get, I, and then I started to hear about different publishers, and it mm. may be that that, I, it's not how I heard about you, because I have, mm. um, I think the first book I have that you published was, um, uh, well, it wasn't the first book that you published. The first book that I have mm -hmm. that you, is, yeah. is called Log Book by Hiromi Suzuki. And of course, I'm a oh, big yeah. Hiromi, so I've known about yeah. her work for, for a long time. And even Angel House Press, we published a small uh, chapbook of hers, too, of her collages. Wow. So, yeah, so... Okay. So and that and I don't I don't even know where I got this or when I got it. I could have picked it up <laughs> at a small press table here that someone had. Yeah, who knows? Like I don't. I don't. Know where yeah. I got it, but that that's well, that was my first exposure to. Yeah, okay. I, I loved it. It was it's a beautiful work, and I loved how how it was done. So yeah, and that's how I think that was my first exposure. But after that, with I think it was through through seeing um, the names of people who've been published on Babel Tower, and then hearing that, then yeah. starting to follow different different um, different uh, British writers and stuff. And one of the things that that um, Richard uh, now I don't want to put words in his mouth. But so if you're listening, Richard, and I've got this wrong, please uh, you know feel free to. Uh, you know, uh, 
take yeah. issue, but um, that there like that there wasn't um, it didn't seem like there was a lot of experimental writing that was published in in the UK. But to me, it and 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 he at the time compared to Canada, where he saw a lot of it being done, and to mm. me. I don't think I've never really thought of Canada as having a lot of so-called experimental writing, as if I even know what that word means, experimental. But the other thing is, um, I thought I was suddenly bombarded with a lot of really playful and unusual multimedia style, all singing, all dancing, doing all kinds of cool things, UK <laughs> writing. So I was like, what? It all seems to be here to me. Like I, <laughs> so I don't know. I guess the grass is always greener or more experimental on the well, other side of the ocean or something. Yeah, yeah. I mean, well, maybe. I mean, uh, that, that, that there has been a lot of, uh, of of that more experimental kind of work and. Um, I think I, maybe it's always been there, but it's never been published or right. people have not. I, I mean, I, I don't know. I, and it's not just, I mean, there's loads of great stuff from all around the world, to be honest, yeah. uh, you know, I've found. But well, it's funny you should talk about Canadian poetry. I've got a, a, a good friend of mine is a Canadian I guess you'd probably call him a conceptual or experimental poet, yeah. um, a guy called Peter Yeager. Oh, yes. I don't yes, know if you yes. know Peter, but he, 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 he always... I have books, yeah. Met him once. Yeah, he's... Yeah, he, he's, um, um, he, he's educated me uh, uh, over the past few years on, on, on Canadian press. And, um, and uh, you know, he always reminds me that in Canada, he said, Paul, he said, mainstream is experimental. I don't know if that's kind of quite how it works. Really? That's what. Maybe, maybe he's. Uh, yeah, uh, but um, but uh, um, Richards, Babel Tower, and Otis Board did wonderful things for uh, for small presses and for experimental, unheard, not always regularly, you know, um, known about poets. Well, that's it. And, yeah. Uh, I think yeah, I, I think in Canada there is a lot. Like I I I, I kind of I, being being tongue in cheek about it, but there are there are publishers. Um, we have a publisher called Coach House, for instance, which is yeah. books, and it's done a lot yeah. of stuff and all kinds of stuff. And there's there are several, but sometimes the 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 more experimental work tends to appear more in the micro press. Uh, okay. Like okay. A really small press, like so. You know, um, like we have uh, little presses, like above ground press here in Ottawa yeah. with Paul McLennan, yeah. and, and that's an example of of um, yeah. of a press. And, and then there's others, but um, um, a lot of the. I mean, we don't even have now our publishers, our, our larger publishers, are bigger, like the bigger ones, like uh, McClelland and Stewart, are now mm. by um, I can't remember Random House or you know, okay. like it's like there's a, like we don't even own our own large presses anymore anyway. And no. in my own city, there's, there's actually um, no, well, there's a, 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 there's one or two really small presses uh, making poetry, but there's really no, pre like there's not really a, um, a long-term press that's like mm. a, with, with mm. that's staying around that, you know, that makes books with, you know, trade, trade poetry collections and stuff like that. So it's very mm. difficult. It's, it's very hard. So it's good to see all of this stuff. Like I've been, I've been talking to a lot. I talked to broken sleep books recently, you know, I, I've had some good, I, I talked to um, Aaron 
in that yeah, yeah, yeah. conversation as well. I'm going to talk to Richard about Hem Press uh, later in the Excellent. year. Oh, that's good. Yeah, I, I, I yes, I'm, I, uh, I know he was very excited when he he mentioned about starting that up and. Uh, yeah. Um, that I look forward to listening to that. that. That sounds great. I've not seen Richard. He was living in Bristol, but he's moved. Um, yeah, he's moved uh, up north. I think Birmingham. not that far. Yeah, but ah, oh, Birmingham. Yeah. Um, so um, that would be lovely. That'd be great to hear. I look yeah, forward and to my, that. I have um, that the next thing coming out is my pamphlet Trouble. So uh, that's coming out in October from Hem Press. So fantastic! That oh, that's brilliant! Oh, congratulations! Oh, oh, that sounds wonderful. I look forward to that. I look forward to that a lot. Me yeah. too. It looks good so far, and he's got on the cover um, in the original Canadian English, which I love. I totally love that. Oh, brilliant! Because <laughs> <laughs> you know, we, we, he he's a great editor, and and he uh, caught some things, and I I would say, but. But uh, if we call it that, it's going to sound like it's something completely different because it's not the word we use. I don't know. So I was, uh, I, I haven't had too much of that experience with, with editing. So that was, that was good. Mm -hmm. It was very interesting. Uh, so so uh, I guess there's some, there's some uh, reason that I um, have this down. Um, can we discuss uh, the traditional publishing model and whatever that is well, yeah. and what changes you feel are needed or how you've changed the way you publish based on the issues with this model? <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I, I'm, I'm, I'm no great expert, and to be honest with you, Amanda, I don't kind of put my head, head up above the uh, the Twitter or social media parapet a great deal these days, and I haven't done right. for a while. I, I you know, um, but uh, as far as I, I'm aware, um, uh, a traditional traditional press would. Um, Published work, of course, um, but only certain type of work. They they would have you know um, budgets and financial constraints, and as well as financial projections and uh, expectations. And so that all of those aspects, uh, following that kind of capitalist kind of model of of, of, of 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 production and of uh, and of seeking of profit um i found uh, just um stifling really i, I think right. um, and uh as is there uh well it's changing it's, it is changing but the dominant certainly in bookshops i don't know if you find the same in um uh, out in Canada, but certainly um, chains of bookshops here, if ever they uh, ask to stock anything of Hester Glock Press, they expect a 40% discount straight yeah, away. That's Because that's standard. Yeah. And I, 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 I just refuse to give that. I am so um, sorry, authors, but I'd rather not. I can't, it, it's, you know... Uh, that's, that's from my point of view, anyway. Um, so we, we've always, like I said at the beginning, we've always tried to champion what we might consider uh, at any given moment to be something with a sense of sort of uh, integrity and originality, as well as a sense of playfulness and experimentalism. And we are publisher. I don't have an expectation that it's going to, make a you know sell whatever i i don't it's not 
obviously it's nice, particularly nice for the author as well, you know, and and good for everybody. But I, it, it's you know, small press poetry, experimental poetry is a niche, niche, niche market, really. Um, Individual poetry is the niche of, of the niche of niches. <laughs> exactly. It's it's uh, niche it's, times it's, the, it, it's on it's it, yes, <laughs> um, and and so um, you know if sales don't come into a big thing, um, we we um, started up a, a little um, kind of um, imprint called Protext yeah. um, that. We published, I think, 22 books by a variety of different people. Um, and those were purposefully, they had a similar cover design right. for all the books. They um, were um, made via a print-on-demand service. Right. Uh, we sold, I, we sell them at cost price. I sell them to the author at cost price. The authors charge whatever they want, you know, if they're regularly reading or performing, or then, you know, that's that's the way in which um, they can make a, you know, a little amount of money. Um, and um, that was the thinking, really simply behind that. Um, How long ago so, did you do that to start the, with this? The was in tw this was in 2018. We did okay. that, started that up. And um, there's one number left. Of the in the catalog numbers for the Protex ones, uh, number twenty that I still haven't um, used yet, which I will do. But so, uh, yeah, they, um, yeah, that, that, that was fun, uh, and um, um, I, I'm, you know, I'm very proud of um, the work that we published under that imprint, uh, and they're, they're all still for sale. You know, they're, they're all there. Um, so, uh, yeah, yeah, so, yeah. I've had my, I, I had my issues with print on demand, but I think it's gotten mm. a lot better over the years. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. That you need to have someone good doing the design because mm. you don't mm. uh, like you mm. can, one thing I've noticed, like, um, I love, for instance, uh, disrupted blue, uh, Vic Shirley and other poems on Polaroid. Oh yeah. That's a beautiful little, yeah. Book. I have noticed too that when it comes to visual stuff, um, yeah. the print-on-demand that I've seen is 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 quite fine. It's just the text stuff that often is a little bit wonky for me. Mm. And I, mm. I I I I just don't like. It's just a personal thing. I don't like glossy covers. I just can't. But I heard recently that Mac covers actually, depending on the paper that's used, can be an environmental issue. So like that that there are issues. Oh, with, um, okay. Yeah, the paper. Okay. So now I feel less less um bad like apparently the glossy ones are somehow less it depends on of course on the paper and the printer and stuff like mm. that i know so if that's the case and or i'm just talking out of my hat which isn't unusual but <laughs> but no, uh, so, we have we no it's good to, 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 <laughs> to talk about our you know opinions on these things and oh blimey amanda god no we, we all have the right as human beings i think to be discerning and to be um to know what we like and what we don't like God, it's really important. <laughs> so no, it's good, good. Um, um, yeah, I, 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 I agree with a lot of the things you brought up about print on demand. But I think they have got a bit better. There's a lot more yeah. of them around. Yeah. 
Um, uh, and yes, if you invest a little bit of time in your your design or the you know the fine details uh, and the um, you kind of learn maybe from earlier books that maybe didn't come out quite how you hoped or, or you know and yeah. um, uh, I, I think you can fine tune it and you can um, you can you can uh, you know you you can get some very good print reproductions as well uh, but they're not massively cheap but that's it yeah whereas a whereas a traditional publisher would go right we're going to do a print run and we will do a print run of i don't know 1200 books let's say or 2000 books or 500 books and they have the money to be able to do that and to be able to pay for all the different aspects of you know a copy editor a designer a, you know, yeah. all the rest of it <laughs> Uh, as you know, <laughs> when you it do. comes to a small press, <laughs> yeah. one has to kind of rely on friends. Or um, I yeah. mean, my dad taught me the basics of being able to typeset on a Mac because he was a printer himself. Uh, um, ah. uh, yeah, we're with back in the hot metal days, you know, and um, um, he, he um, yeah, he certainly helped us get started without a doubt. And um, but um, I've lost the thread of where we were. Oh, we were going on that. We were talking about. Oh, yeah, but, but um, what I the one thing that I think is the case with most small presses, we don't have. Oh, okay. I don't. I won't say we. I'll say I. Right. As me, I don't have money lying around just no. to just to put to you know say to a printer yeah i'll have to, i'll take 1500 of those or i'll take 500 of those or 300 even of those i, I, no. it's, I just don't have space it. too i mean it's hard to have yeah, space I, for that yeah. stuff too yeah. i have i have uh we one of the reasons we stopped uh, making angel house press chapbooks mm, because yeah. we, we live in a we live in an apartment and well, yeah. well, well, some do sell, uh, some don't. And uh, yeah. I only have so much room in the apartment, so I can't. Indeed. I run another press called Byward as well. So we have those chapters okay. as well. So, you know, yeah. that's that's all that's all we can handle. So, yeah, that, that makes sense to me. Um, yeah. In, in, in Canada, at least, um, we have an, an opportunity. Publishers uh, have an opportunity to apply for grants. And mm. unless things have changed, for poetry, you have to basically um, you have to have four titles coming out in the uh, for the application period, and they have oh. to, you have to have a minimum of five hundred copies printed. So, what? yeah, so <laughs> it's so limiting. It makes it very yeah. hard for presses because they don't unless things have changed since a few years back. Certainly, yeah. and something like print on demand. I know some publishers will do things like they'll maybe they'll 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 do a plan a run of, of five hundred, but maybe they'll do two hundred or two fifty or something. Yeah. They'll they'll print half the print run, but they'll, they'll yeah. you have to in theory have the five hundred copies. But I mean, it's just wow. It's just, it's, it's really uh, it's it's, it's a very that's, limiting. That's, yeah, it's very restrictive. You'd almost think. Um, the the mainstream publishers were running the funding yeah. you, they, with with that because that all that does is just keep well it's it's, uh, it's crazy they're funding somebody to then get five hundred copies 
paid for, aren't they? Yeah, it, it's it's the, the, very peculiar, and, and it's just okay. it has made it very difficult for a lot of presses to of course, to of start course. and to continue. So that's why, in some ways, we we have as far as book publishers, we haven't had yeah. in Canada at least a lot of new no, publishers it's, it's, books. I understand that. I, I get that totally. I think that's something that probably again over the last five to eight years, maybe a little longer, small presses have really, I think. Uh, I've certainly found a way of using the print-on-demand yeah. system to, to an advantage. And um, not every book we published we have done through print-on-demand. I, I must admit, there have been yeah. one or two that um, uh, that have we've we've had. I've had the money even to get you know fifty or a hundred copies printed in one hit. Um, and, um, you know, we've often come to, you know, the, the artists and poets, writers that I work with, they're all very different. And some are willing to purchase a number of books, right. let's say, on publication in order to, you know, fulfill various uh, demand on friends or other institutions or bookshops that they know of or right. that may be doing a few festivals that summer and they you know so it it, it um but but generally uh, i i certainly don't have that no, kind of money expensive. yeah no i'm i'm gonna um self-publish a, a book uh, next year actually and i oh, great i'm probably doing it through coach house printing they have a printing okay. printing oh, okay yeah, well. and yeah. they, they're they, they have access to really beautiful paper and they do a mm. job and i've gotten a quote and it's very reasonable actually for like 100 200 copies like i'm not going to make well. 500 this is ridiculous but <laughs> i don't know what i would do i my first book i think uh was was i don't know if it was 500 copies but i still am able to buy several copies a year myself you know at half price and there's they don't seem to be running out anytime soon so they're available <laughs> yeah so yeah I, I plan to uh do that but yeah so i will well. do that for that but um fantastic yeah and so oh, that's great oh congratulations amanda I shall, I shall enjoy following the process the progress yeah. of that and uh and seeing it when it comes out that sounds great around the fall of because the fall is my birthday so the fall of next year all being well and with the pandemic still i don't know what's i feel like i can't make any plans for in-person reading so i'll probably i'm oh. thinking of doing uh various uh pop up in in various virtual events and stuff like that we'll see yeah yeah i'll, yeah, make, yeah. I'll make plans i'll make plans so Fantastic. Back, away from me hey, hey, amanda yeah amanda i just suddenly thought you know we were talking about music earlier yeah um and the influence of music you know uh we, we've just published a, a tremendous volume one of uh the story of uh of a of a musician and a, and a um a friend who uh, I knew a long time ago and then kind of didn't see and then bumped into again recently. And um, a guy called John Murray. Um, yeah. um, that's just reminded me. Gosh, I should, I don't know why I didn't mention that. Well, but, I think we're going to mention it now. <laughs> I'm, I think I might mention it now. Yeah. But um, yeah, we've, uh, John has had such an amazing kind of background and, uh, um, uh, he, he recently um, had another album out that, that uh, um, uh, he did an interview for the, the national newspaper, The Guardian, here in England. 
And he went into detail about uh, all manner of challenges he faced uh, uh, as a kid growing up and as an adult as well, and um, as well as his music. It's, it's, it's anyway, enough about that, but I, sh I should mention that. Yeah, um, no, and also on the site, there's actually, yeah. I think there's a couple of videos. Am I right about or I'm mixing him up with someone? I, I, I thought I remembered seeing some videos as well, but. Uh, uh, there's, there, there are some of John. There's a yeah. track called, um, uh, on, on the page of his book, there's one um, called, uh, uh, off his last album, I think Oscar Wilde came here to make fun of you. I think yeah. um, so. It was, it was uh, a lot of and um, yeah, oh yeah, yeah. No, he's he's uh, he's good. And that film was made by Aidan Gillen as well, who's um, an Irish actor who's been in who was in Peaky Blinders amongst a whole okay. bunch of other stuff. So so you know, uh, yeah, we rub shoulders with all manner of people. Yeah. Uh, well, no, actually, I don't at all. <laughs> friend of John's I, I don't know I never met him but you know it's lovely it's a great book great book and there'll be more yeah I'll make sure well we'll have that well maybe we'll put that link specifically to it the uh oh that, that, that would be lovely yeah okay highlight a few okay. different things as as we're talking as well for sure yeah great that's brilliant thank you I have a few, you're welcome. I have a few Hester Glock publications by Hiromi Suzuki, Shirley, yeah. S.J. Fowler, and I have the Right yeah. Utopia anthology as a PDF because that's how yeah. I, I needed yeah, that yeah. one in a hurry, so I got the PDF. But it's Yeah, no, of course. No, it's great. No, thank you for, for thanks for supporting us by um, buying those books. It's amazing, yeah. My pleasure. Well, and it seems to me that you do a lot of different design styles for publication. Yeah. There's no, well, it's not like ProText was a specific imprint and had a specific mm. look, but other, other than that, they all seem to be quite different. So yeah. um, what yeah. determines design? And do you have a favorite type uh, um, of design that, and a type that you wouldn't do again? I've had some interesting oh. responses to this. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, be, I bet. I bet you have. I bet you have. Um, so what determines design? Well, usually, uh, if the the person I'm working with, the author uh, uh, or artist, um, might have an idea around stuff, they might even um, have some artwork or something that they'd like to consider for, a, 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 say, for the covers. Um, and I would normally then follow their guidance, make some drafts, for example, and... We knock those around on the internet uh, through via email, and that's how we come up with a, a design. Um, uh, with Vic, that book, she definitely wanted that really deep, rich blue. Oh yeah, it's gorgeous. You know, it's. But hey, Amanda, yeah. that took us, and Vic, I don't. She won't mind me saying that took <laughs> us no end of different versions to try and um, get I, to uh, that. That, that color um and on the back and, too on the back yeah. i like the way the text overlays the image but it's kind of got a space thank you. yeah that's that's quite a nice touch isn't it like yeah i i, I yes I, I yeah 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 no it's it's great it's 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 um it's good i i really enjoy the visual and the design side of stuff um working with i i work with steve on the both the covers of, of the books we published right. by him. The first one, A Letter Ocean's Alphabet Empire, was great fun to do. Yeah, hey, that one. 
Yeah, with the little um, li oh, hold it up a bit higher. Have you got the little uh, ah, uh, yeah, the little um image in the corner there. Yeah, we did that between us, and again, that took a long while to um to come up with. Sometimes the simple, what appears to be simple, takes forever. <laughs> you know? That's it. I, well, but, uh, I we've had experiences like that too. So yeah. yeah so, the, so this is the this is the soft cover second edition, but the. Yeah. Uh, First edition, uh, Aleta Ocean's Alphabet Empire was limited to 40 copies with a slip screen, linen hardback cover and gloss dust jacket. Sounds incredible. Yes. Lovely. It was beautiful. <laughs> and um, they they disappeared very, very, very quickly. Um, and then we put it out as a paperback, uh, just, you know, and and um, that's a great book. I, I, I thoroughly enjoy and Vic's book, you know, uh, the writing utopia book, I think is, is got massive oh, of good that. stuff in it. it and Sarah, Sarah co-edited that with, yeah. with Sally Shakti and um, some nice work in that for sure. I mean, uh, I'm, I'm, I, I, I have, I feel sometimes I'm, I'm so, um, I'm so fortunate to come across people within poetry, poets, artists, um, you know, it, it, and getting to you know meeting with your good self with the you know I, I love a lot of the work that you do and, oh, and, and I no, follow it and I I, <laughs> I I I I um I feel you know kind of quite humbled and honoured to work with all the amazing people I've worked with. I, I'm really fortunate. Um, I keep expecting somebody's going to tap me on the shoulder and go, Paul, look, we've let you do this, but you. It's not really something we're kind of going to let you do anymore. You know, you're not really, I don't know, qualified or whatever oh, yeah. it is it takes. Do you know what I mean? Uh, that kind I of know. imposter syndrome kind of thing. But, um, yeah. Um, in fact, uh, we published our first quite experimental novel by somebody who goes under the name of The Perambulator. Yes, I thought that was really fascinating. I was it, reading about that. Yeah, it's 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 tremendous. But um, um, uh, the perambulator did the cover work. He arranged that through a friend out in um in um Helsinki, which is where he's based, and um, it has quite a lot of kind of Bill Drummond ish kind of yeah. KLF influences in a strange way going through it, and um. It's um, but yeah, he, he he did all that, and I said, "Great, that looks tremendous," you know. Um, how did so, he, how did the perambulator find you? He, it was via. I know, I posted uh, one of Bill's um, paintings underneath a great big motorway bridge by a canal in Birmingham, here in the UK. And I posted that and he happened to notice it, the perambulator wow. happened to notice it in my Instagram feed and he thought, ah, yeah, okay. I'll send that to them, see what they say. That's perfect, that's great. And the rest is history. Isn't that interesting? <laughs> because you know you hear so much of the social media about people and their brand and all this nonsense and but yeah. the cool the cool thing is when when someone actually notices um a kindred kind of aesthetic and sends yes. sends them their experimental novel. Yeah. That's yeah. that's how yeah. it, that's how it can work and that's that's yeah. really fantastic. That's yeah. amazing. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. 
I think you've already talked a little bit about working with creators, but do you have any other story yeah. to share about uh, the people that you... Oh, um, be, 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 be. do I have any other stories to share? I, you know, I was thinking about this, Amanda, and I'm, I'm not sure... I'm not sure that I do have any particularly specific ones, or not ones that I, I, I would my solicitors have advised me to uh, to mention. Uh, the, um, no, the, the, um, no, some some people have particular ways of wanting to do things, and I, I try to be as accommodating as I can. Some people think have found. That I'm much bigger than a small press, and their expectations of certain things that I may or may not be able to do uh, are way in excess of what I oh, can yeah. do. Uh, um, so, um, you know, I, I have no um, no issues with with gently reminding somebody the, <laughs> the precarious precarious nature of. of what I do and, and what we do at Hester Glock and many other small presses do throughout the world. And, um, but generally people are just wonderful. Well, yeah. Very, very nice, supportive, thoughtful, enthusiastic, uh, just genuinely nice, good to work with. And there are often people that I may work with again in the future or may be, performing with especially pre-covid and we've kind of got going a bit more now but um and so um you know um you know for example um steve started up the the poem brew kind yes. of um movement as such and um i immediately felt at home in that very experimental improvised um gestural instinctive kind of way of performing work but also in a way of making work um and um I, i've ended up publishing a, a number of people that i've known who work with that kind of um baseline should we say of, of kind of approach right and can you can you uh, just explain what poem brute is for yeah it's 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 it's, it's a movement steve fowler started it and it's continued to this day it's been taking a little break while steve's been running the european poetry yeah. festival and stuff that, that's been i think he's been quite busy with, with that no, he's been, um, he's been a ton of stuff like it's amazing i know <laughs> i know but it's uh yeah it's about mark making it's about scribbles scrolls bright colors as i say that kind of the instinctual gestural marks that we make whether with pen, pencil, crayons, paints, uh, I don't know, all manner of different materials. Um, and um, in particular, it sort of, it suggests that, um, or it puts forward the proposition that for those of us who are, uh, how can I put it, um, neurodivergent in, yeah. in one way, whatever it might be, is it helpful to learn the academic roots, university, etc., of learning about poetry, regular poetry? Is that a help or a hindrance? And I think a lot of people 
have appreciated the space that Poem Brew and the encouragement and support it's given them in not only making their own work, but also in performing it. Because it, it advocates that actually it's probably not in not helpful to try and learn something that goes against the grain in the way you kind of understand yeah. or work or you you know so that, that's pretty much it it runs to lots and lots of events i've run workshops for people um here in bristol a whole number of workshops um for people uh who have had or are currently experiencing mental health difficulties and it, it's a, the, the approach uh has been really really positive it's been received very positively it seems to that instinctiveness and gesturalness of not editing and not having to worry initially when you're making some work yeah whether it's whether it's collage whether it's some kind of a scenicness or um uh, you know a combination of different forms whether it's just paint whatever it might be um uh seems to um, get a very good response um, from the people that I've run the workshops with. So it's, yeah, Poem Brew is that. It's also, yeah, so it's events, performances, publications. We have had some workshops. We've done some, um, we've collected, we've gathered in, in London before events or an invitation has been open to everyone who's, you know, got an interest in Poem Brew to discuss what it is they might like about it and what's helpful and what, uh, how useful it may be um, meeting with other people who are working in that way or even just curious about it, you know? Um, yeah, it's a whole bunch of stuff. There's been exhibitions as well and... Um, I I I I I, uh, I hear from Steve that there's um there there should be more coming in the pipeline without a doubt. I'll, so I'll put that so that's fun. up there out to them too. And oh yeah. Is it also yeah. does it also uh, is it a same like it has as part of 3 a.m. magazine? There's a feature poem brute on the is that yeah because Steve's, Steve's a poetry that. editor yeah. for 3 a.m. So um <laughs> he, he's uh, he's been able to um. Uh, dedicate, uh, uh, yeah, it's over a hundred, I think, yeah. poem brood kind of pieces of work, all manner of stuff, um, and uh, yeah, yeah, that you can you can you can view stuff there. There's also uh, poembrew.com, which yeah. is full of all manner. And Steve's kind of, yeah, I don't think he'll mind me saying this, but he's a little obsessive with his recording and filming of everything. And so, <laughs> I watched a lot of videos. I know, it, I know. I know it's good though because it does document yeah. stuff, you know, and it's there then. Uh, but there's all manner of films of performances and stuff on that poembrew.com website as well. So yeah, yeah, be great. What, uh, can you talk about any forthcoming publications? Um, yeah, I've got. We we published uh, an amazing, the biggest book I've ever published, size wise, um, by a, a traditional. Um, Bangladeshi handweaver called Rezia Wahid, yeah. and um, uh, um, it was uh, it was called Weaving Lights. We just published it a few months back. That was extremely went extremely well, and I'm publishing another book of Rezia's uh, um, this month. Great, yeah, I love uh, it. Yeah, yeah, called Dancing in the Womb, yeah. and that's going to be another 
large size hard book, hardback book, <laughs> a hard book. Um, yeah, um, about, I think it's running to about 120 odd pages at the minute. Um, wow. And, and um, yeah, she's got a big exhibition at, uh, at Whitchurch Silk Mill um, in Hampshire in England till September. And I think it's, she's also included in the books and great photography by uh, a guy called Paul Tucker, who's um, taken some wonderful shots of her work and it is just the most gorgeous stuff. So there's that, yes, most definitely. That's our next book that's coming out. Um, we've also, we're also publishing a, a book by um, uh, Steve Fowler uh, called Poetos and Poetry. Um, um, but uh, I think that might be early next year. Um, he's we've we've been throwing around ideas with that for a little while now. Uh, it's nearly there, and we're uh, uh, publishing a book by the scenic poet Tim Gaze. Um, oh yeah, early next year as well, and uh, another book by Patrick Cosgrove. His kind of called Byros Two. It's work made with Byros um, and stuff, and and that's great. And um, uh, I'm hoping to find a time to finish off. A collaboration I've been doing with Julia Lewis, Julia Rose Lewis. Um, we've got a, a photograph, photo poetry collaborative book coming out called Postcards from Mental States. Um, Perfect. I hope this year. That that's that's, that's it. That's a lot. That's There's a lot possibly a few more, but um, no, that's enough to keep me busy. You know, for the okay. time being. Yeah, twenty twenty three for sure. Is there anything yeah. else you'd like to uh, like to discuss? Before I do the um, praise, my no, uh, not only that um, I've got a, for the first time in my life for nearly a year I've had a studio space and it's what was an empty shop in a fairly rundown shopping centre in a uh, area of Bristol. I call it each what industries and uh, I've I've got I've had uh, book launches I've run workshops. Great. There's other people that run workshops there um, as well. Um, and it's been made possible by a, a charity called Haifa Studios, hmm. who've been enormously supportive in in, in get, finding the property and then choosing me to, to use it. And so I use that as a workspace. And um, this, 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 we show exhibitions. That's the word. We have exhibitions there as well. And... Um, yeah, it's a, a performance space. Um, so that's been really good, and I, I, I'm hoping that's going to continue. They're planning on knocking down the building, the shopping centre, as oh, it's a little right. old and dated. Um, but uh, there's still no definite news as to when they'll do that. So I might have another year or two there. I'm hoping so. So that's, yeah, that's Each What, each what Studio. Yeah, that's great. Yeah. Where did the title of that Each What come from? I mean, it's, it's great. Uh, that's... Well, it's the title of a book that a visual work I had published by Knives, Forks and Spoons Press oh. a couple of years ago. And um, um, I don't know where it came from. It just came to me. I don't even know when or how or why. But, um, yeah, that was it. That was it, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I, yeah. I like the way you listen to your imagination. Like, you do seem to listen to your imagination. You know, some people will override. I don't, I always listen to my imagination. Yes. 
I think it's, I think that intuitive kind of stuff that's in that kind of gray area where sometimes it's peripheral. Yeah. It's on the periphery of stuff, but it, it it's there. I think it's really important to do that. Yeah. I'm glad you do too. I that's do, great. Well, I, Thank you. <laughs> I, 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 you know, for Angel House Press, I say I'm the fallen angel of Angel House Press. And that, yeah, that's yeah. for a lot of reasons. Um, mm. What has to do with the angel in the house, the old Victorian idea. And I don't know how yeah. many editors have wanted to change that to just editor or publisher. And I've said, no, it's no. fallen angel. It's not those yes. other things. Like it, I do those things, but that's not what my absolutely. Company, it's on my business card, so yeah. So you know. we're not changing it. <laughs> yeah. Excellent, brilliant. That's great, Amanda. Yeah. Okay. All right. So what I like to do at this stage is to read uh, and embarrass the um, the publisher or writer and, and offer okay. praise. So this is what I'm oh, going. Oh yeah. Have. Oh, how, how exciting. This is how, this is how I, but no one can see everyone, anyone blushing, so there's no problem. <laughs> so Go little, for it. <laughs> Hester Glock Press is probably one of the most far-reaching, border-blurring small presses I've encountered. From photos to music to visual poetry, lo-fi collage, textiles and hand-drawn art to dub poetry, sound poetry, humor with mathematics, and the Tesseract, literary psychedelic realism, there's such a vast expense of work, expanse of work being published. Hester Glock Press disrupts mainstream publishing irreverently and joyously. Some of the work that intrigues me, the perambulator, should we meet at the crossroads, keep walking. I'm not quite sure what this is, a play, a novel, a response to experimental music. And then there's Kinder Toten Lieder, collected early essays and letter, letters and confessions by Danielle Pantano, this gorgeous mm. Vispo cocktail Kafkanem by Mustafa Benfodil, Joe Fulk mm. translator. I found myself going through the Hester Glock catalog in a state of wonder and perplexion as I read through the descriptions of the work and watched the videos of readings and listened to bits of electronica. I think the publisher must be a multi-eyed, tentacled creature with a high-functioning alien brain and the ability to do many <laughs> things at the same time. That's, all, that's the only explanation for this whimsical assemblage of far out and groovy works. So that's wow. that's my my little note. Thank of, you. Which is fun to write. That's, that's, <laughs> that's tremendous. Could you write that down and send yeah. it to me? I'd like to. <laughs> I'd like to. That's tremendous, Amanda. Uh, very astute and um, <laughs> and uh, observant of you, and uh, intuitive as well, because um, uh, some of those descriptions are not just something you can uh, descriptive. They're they're your. Uh, intuitive response to what you see and and, and that's really important uh, thank you that's really great the perambulator should I meet at the crossroads keep walking is a wonderful novel um, and um, yeah I urge you all to get hold of a copy <laughs> sounds true and I'm going to make sure I put the links up as well to all those things oh brilliant thank you thank you thanks thank you uh, Paul for being on the show Thanks to Jennifer Peterson for the intro and outro, to Charles Earl for processing, and to everyone who listens and shares the episodes each month. Stay tuned for future episodes with Above Ground Press, Bear Bois, Ethelzine, and Hem Press in the months to come. Thanks, Paul. Thank you. Thank you for listening to The Small Machine Talks. The Small Machine Talks.